Ouch. Ooh, ah. This is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and best friend slash Phantom of the Opera, Derek. And you are listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Ashley, when are we now? Well, it's the last day of August, summer of 1990. JCPenney, whoop, whoop, has begun dressing their mannequins in full and flannel. You're welcome. While at the same time, Plainville, Illinois continues reeling from an F5 tornado that ripped through town, killing 29 people and injuring another 353 this week. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, And yet, back at the mall, the show must go on as everyone's buzzing about a new superhero movie that stars some young up-and-comer by the name of Liam Neeson, Darkman, now playing at a theater near you. I wanted you to say like Nissan, Nissan, but excellent, I got it. excellent <laughs> news dispatch, Ashley, uh, enough, you. enough tornadoes and um, weather events. Let's go to the movies. Dark man. I got to tell you something about me. He's a cockroach. You think you're killing us? And he pops up someplace else. In the darkest hour, there's a light that shines on every human being. But one. Dark Man, rated R. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Who is Dark Man? Who is anyone? He's a man that lives in the dark sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading earlier that they attribute a lot of the success of the movie. There were all these like production um, mishaps and power struggles leading up to the release. And they gave the marketing agency that came up with that tagline a lot of credit for the success of this movie. So good job with the advertising. Ashley, what had you heard about this movie um, going in? Uh, were you familiar with the director, Sam Raimi, uh, obviously, you know, Liam Neeson, but any of those three lanes, what were, what was your entry point? Um, let's see. Taken with Liam Neeson. That's like the only movie I know him in. Oh, and sure. history of violence. No. Is that Liam nope. Neeson? No, that's a guy that's, that's kind of like Liam Neeson though. <laughs> yeah. Blanking on his name at the moment. Um, but very similar to Taken and my thoughts. Um, and then Sam Raimi, 30 days of night, which I had to look up because I didn't know he did that. And then Spider-Man, obviously the evil deads with Bruce Campbell. Those are my familiarities. Viggo Mortensen. Oh yeah. I confuse those two. Yeah. That's, they look alike, right? That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The chin, the kind of angular face, the roles uh, they play. Yeah. The roles they play. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I'm almost embarrassed or now that I've watched it and not to, you know, give away our response, um, highly memorable and interesting movie. I'm almost embarrassed that I hadn't really, I don't even know if I'd heard of it. Um, especially being a big fan of, of Sam Raimi. Um, you know, like I didn't grow up on the evil dead movies or anything. I came to them later, but I guess I've really, I've never really done like a deep intentional, dive into his filmography or else I would have come across this. I mean, we didn't even, when I was, when we were putting together, you know, looking through the newspaper for new movies to see, 
somehow we even overlooked it. So it was just, yeah, you didn't even highlight it. Yeah, so. no, it was embarrassingly. <laughs> I know. I, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't get out the, the, the red marker or the highlighter <laughs> or anything. I didn't, I didn't clip it out and paste it on the fridge. Um, nope. so yeah, uh, my bad. I was totally ignorant to this movie, but that made for all the more uh, thrilling of a first time viewing. So I'm super excited to talk about this. I was thinking about, as is often the case, a lot of other movies while watching it. And it reminded me the most of a movie um, that we watched when we were kids. And I don't think I've watched since Spawn, uh, which is, it turns out, you know, has a, a ton of parallels from the disfigure, disfigurement, the fire, kind of like the, you know, having to give up family to start this new life as a hero and leave everything behind. So like a lot of parallels, but Spawn could not be a more uh, poorly executed, worse movie compared to this. So big time disappointment. Um, for Spawn, but that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, Derek, uh, if that is you under all those bandage bandages, um, what was your relationship to this movie going in? I've never heard of it before. Yeah. But uh, it reminded me of uh, Invisible Man, who wraps himself up in bandages so he can hide his invisibility. So, yeah, it's almost the so maybe you don't even have a head under there. <laughs> we'll find out uh -oh. yeah <laughs> yeah i'm very excited to um for the big reveal later in the episode of what or who or how much of derek is still left um this is a sam raimi film it is very stylized the mm -hmm. action is super kinetic it is campy at times there's intentional humor um but most of all at least I think the flashiest part of the movie is all the camera techniques. Yeah. I mean, I read something that they were 50, 50 days into their, into shooting the film before they set up like a, a relatively conventional camera shot. Um, and that was like still a three, 360 degree pan, but in every other thing they had filmed so far, the camera was moving. It was like flying around the screen. Uh, if you remember the first of the new Spider, the first of the Spider-Man movies that came out and uh, starting in 2000, there was that scene with Doc Ock. I guess that was the second one um, where oh yeah, things are flying at him. They show like the tentacle um, cams and so much like really cool inventive action. Did that work for you in this movie, or did you find it distracting, Ashley? I actually didn't find it distracting at all. <laughs> Yeah. I really liked all the different camera, especially, um, I rewatched the, I went back to the theaters and rewatched the ending scene. Cause I might've fallen asleep to it the first time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when he's using like the nail gun and the nails like shooting at him and it's like the, the camera's like following the nail going towards him. I thought that was really cool. I, I, I wasn't distracted by it at all. I thought it kept it exciting. I agree. I totally agree. There's, there's so much of it that maybe if it was, if mm -hmm. it was just periodic, you would you it would take you out of the the moment but i guess you're so used to it like extreme angles when somebody is is mad or disturbed like yeah one of the coolest moments in the film uh that i that i remember was like when he is sort of torturing or interrogating 
uh, one of the bad guys and he's like holding him up through a manhole in the street oh, and cars yeah. are whizzing by and the camera's like sometimes on the cars it's sometimes on the head's point of view. Um, and then um, if you weren't sure that this was an R-rated superhero movie, he doesn't pull him back down. He lets his head, <laughs> you hear the squishing of the head yeah. as the car drives over him. It's so, like oozing out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I I love that. I mean, did you find like the other kind of like campy aspects of the film too much? How did you like the tone of the film overall? I actually liked it a lot because I think they just really went for it. It wasn't like, oh, everyone saw there'd be a joke or it was a really serious moment. The whole movie was kind of lighthearted with gore. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and I really appreciated that. It reminded me, which you're not going to like this because I don't think you like Deadpool, but mm. it reminded like that kind of humor. Like it had dark moments, but overall it was just like kind of just more entertaining and funny. Totally. Dead, Deadpool is like the 2.0 or 3.0 mm-hmm. version of this. I mean, this was like, this came out a year after the first Batman movie came out. So they were, that was part of the reason they were excited to release this, but they were still taking a huge risk. This yeah. is a non-existent character. Um, the invention, kind of an amalgamation of of existing superheroes that Sam Raimi um, wrote about in a short story. So he adapted like his own his own story. This had no name recognition, thus the tagline. Uh, so they were taking a risk, but they knew that super there was an appetite for superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make like I don't want to compare this too much to other things, but since we did watch dick tracy a couple yep. months ago and i didn't like it you know and i think you did like it a lot how does this I compare did. to that because that's like very campy in a different way yeah well that was like uh looked like a like a comic like you walked out of a comic book it's cartoony yeah so like it's a little bit different like more like a roger rabbit kind of vibe but this one yeah it was just like a campy superhero movie um I, I liked it a lot. I liked Dick Tracy a lot as well for different reasons. Cause it had like the musical aspect and stuff like that. Um, but no, I thought it was really good. I was kind of surprised that I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, me too. In the sense that I didn't, I figured it like, if it was this good or this entertaining, you know, how could I have possibly not <laughs> right. seen it of course by you now? Have known. Um, <laughs> Derek, can you give us um, a little taste of Liam Neeson's performance? This is a uh, this is when he takes his girl out to the carnival. Oh no. And is just trying to win her a, a nice toy. I won a pink elephant for my girlfriend. <laughs> Why don't you that just voice. Uh, she's been taken? Get lost. How? <laughs> elephant. Quickly. Didn't you hear me? Weirdo. Yeah, if you could see what's going on, there's like extreme effects happening in the wild. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> Just to listen to it, you're like, whoa. Yeah, actually, what was that noise? Um, that was some breaking two of the guy, the, um, the guy's fingers. Yeah. Bending yeah, so, him backwards and then taking the stuffed animal. <laughs> do you think that's an appropriate response to not giving him the toy? The pink I mean, a, bit, a bit extreme. Yeah. I mean, he did, he did, he did cheat like a notoriously or like a stereotypical carnival 
uh, jockey or whatever they're called, uh, was trying to rig the games, but Liam Neeson used his uh, heightened senses to knock over the milk jugs Mm-hmm. And the guy didn't want to give him the stupid stuffed animal. So that's what he gets. He got his fingers broken. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's when he kind of lets the facade drop between him and um, Francis McDormand. Uh, this movie is basically what's kind of what's why don't you explain the setup for how he becomes Dark Man? Okay. Um, Francis McDormand is his girlfriend and she discovers this like. I don't even know if it's like a, it's a document that basically discloses like top secret information about this, like crime family or crime boss, crime mobsters, whatever. And then she gives the document to him. He takes it to the lab, kind of forgets about it. Like, doesn't think it's a big deal. The mobsters show up threatening him to like for the document. And then they dump his body in acid and think he's dead. Yeah. They dump his body in acid. Then they rig a, um, like perpetual motion woodpecker. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. to hit the the lighter yeah, so to it's blow like up. gaining steam as it is it uh oscillates back and forth and anyway they blow him up in spectacular fashion one yeah. of my other favorite scenes of the movie is his burning body flying through oh, just the air flying yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but don't worry building, he's okay <laughs> it's a huge explosion obviously the building explodes but then through the flames you see his fire I mean, his, his, his fire body, body. <laughs> his fire body. Um, yeah. Similar scene in spawn, but with the John Leguizamo's, uh, clown character flying through the flames, um, a lot of flame imagery in both movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're both, or so he's burnt to a crisp, but then part two. So that's how he, that's how he gets, um, disfigured. Yeah. But the reason he turned, the reason he gets powers is because he goes to the hospital and they do like an experimental surgery on him. Yeah. Like an experimental surgery or an injection. And then he breaks free because they give him too much strength. It was yeah. kind of weird. I didn't really understand that point. I kind of wish that they kind of left that whole part out. It was odd. For sure. It was odd, but like, actually, okay. So I loved it because okay. it reminded me of RoboCop. Basically that whole sequence RoboCop opens with him, you know, tracking down the bad guys and then getting blown limb from limb. And they have to, you know, reconstruct what parts of his body they can and, and, and few, you know, turn him into a cyborg and, 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 you know, like overlay all this technology onto him. In this case, they have him like, uh, hooked up to this spinning machine. And of course, like the camera's doing crazy stuff and spinning yeah. around and he's just, he's just rotating 360 degrees. <laughs> um, and the like evil sort of overly ambitious doctor lady comes in and explains everything in very economical fashion, I think, in terms of like what his powers are going to be. She mm-hmm. like lays lays out exactly what the what his abilities are going to be in a way that I thought I thought it was helpful. It didn't seem it was exposition and it was kind of like a, a dump of information. But what I thought was cool was that it was an experimental procedure to deaden like your nerve endings normally burn victims at this ex- this to this extent wouldn't be able to function because they'd be in constant pain mm-hmm. so this basically just give gives you no sense of of pain and feeling and it heightens everything else um it didn't really give him like strength and stuff it just i mean it did because he it could like focus his strength yeah 
because he couldn't yeah. feel anything. So it gave him strength in that sense. Like he's, he's getting injured. He's not really getting injured. Yeah. I mean, I was going to save this question for later, but can dark man fight? Not really. No. <laughs> so I, I like, which I thought he, was surprising. Like every time he got in a fight, I was like, he's not really good at this. His signature move was just dropping down from like 15 feet above the person from rafters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he never like was good. Was an effective fighter. He could like run and jump a little bit. And, um, he was mostly a scientist. So yeah, we've covered them burning him. We've covered him getting this experimental procedure, but now there's a phase three. Ooh. And this is where the high tech comes in. So how does he, I love what, it. What kind of experiments is he doing? Um, in his, in his, you know, time before the accident that he then explained, you know, explain his line okay. of scientific exploration. So he makes synthetic skin. Yes. <laughs> Essentially. Um, and so he makes like molds of different types of skin. I don't sure what the purpose of that is. I don't know if they explain it. Well, it's explain? probably for burn victims or That's for anybody that needs like, reconstructive surgery. Right. Just to kind of patch it up, make yeah. them, make them look, um, normal. And so when he gets in this horrible accident, he's like perfect opportunity for me to make all these skin masks and pretend I'm other people, the mobsters, and then I can go after them. And it's awesome. I think yeah. that's, it's so cool. It is. It's sort of like Mission Impossible-y where they have those, um, you, you can never trust who you see. They don't kind of use it as a gimmick. I mean, they use it as a gimmick because, but we always know when mm -hmm. he's wearing one for the most part, it's not to fake out the viewer, but it is to fake out the other characters. Um, that's like, the other thing that I loved so much about this movie was that uh, at this point in time, like the end of the 80s, the start of the 90s, a director like Sam Raimi, who's come off Evil Dead, making really low budget horror movies and using his creativity um, and practical effects for the most part to accomplish what you see on screen. He was equally interested. They do a lot of this, a lot of the makeup and, and, and stuff that you see practically. But he's also experimenting. He's not holding back with the use of uh, computer-generated effects either. Right, so, I mean, when he gets angry. <laughs> or get, when he gets angry, I mean... It's called a freak. <laughs> yeah, you see the screen. You see these, like, color filters on the screen. But I'm talking more like when you see these... Um, the, no, the, the skin, um, like, generation... Mm -hmm. imagery. Oh, yeah. I thought like that was that. so cool. And that was at the, like, the very beginning. They were like, let's take all these photos. And then it'll, like make a 3d mold of it. And then that was cool. It was cool. And then, I mean, and it looks, it looks, the effects look good. Um, mm -hmm. the machine basically prints out first, it goes into one of those things that they used to sell at, uh, toy stores and Spencer's Yeah, those like needle, um, needle art things. Mm -hmm. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah. Where you put your face in it and it does like a mold of your face. Mm. It's like a, it's like a, a frame a of loose, of loose steel pens. And so anything yeah. you push into it, you see the, the form of it on the other side. Um, so they have one, a giant one of those to kind of like make the mold solid. And then, I mean, it, the, la the laboratory that he's working from is just incredibly, mm -hmm. an incredible piece of set design. Um, there's a science montage <laughs> where like test tube, computer, you know, effect like test tubes are like flying at the screen. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of this stuff like in the wrong the wrong mix of it or like 7 years later when Spawn comes out when everything is computer animated except mm -hmm. maybe for the suit um was maybe the only redeeming 
uh, quality of Spawn and that and John Leguizamo's very weird performance. Um, <laughs> this movie, I don't know. I just thought it found a really nice balance between those two worlds. Yeah, me too. And I, I when we mentioned it earlier, but it's nice that they kind of went full campy and like, I don't know, it was still rated R. It still like the gore, but it was fun and like entertaining. I don't know. I just, yeah. I really, it was refreshing. I feel like it was probably refreshing for when it came out too. Cause it's just very yeah. different. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the whole we're going to talk more um, in our rank the blank segment about R-rated superheroes, but that definitely wasn't had not become a thing at this point. So just at the start of kind of the superhero craze for them to make such a, a weird one is is shows a lot of faith in mm-hmm. a 30 year old Sam Raimi. I think he was like 30 when when he made wow. this. So um what did you think about like the whole way the story played out in terms of him kind of like, so he would, he would print out these masks of the different mobsters he was trying to like track down and rather than using brute force, he would kind of just like entrap them. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty clever. It was clever. Um, it was Okay, I liked it, but uh-huh. I was hoping that he would have like some superhero strength or some type of fighting capabilities or something a little bit different than just like, I'm going to put a mask on and then you're going to shoot the other guy because you're going to think it's me or it's him, but it's not, yeah. it's me or, you know, like I wish they'd done a little bit more like creativity in that regard, but. I mean, do you think it was maybe an intentional choice on his part not to give in to, like we, we heard him breaking those fingers earlier. That was mm-hmm. like when he gave into the rage. I mean, he could certainly take it out on these evil people because he's, yeah, they're he's bad killing guys. them anyway. Right. But he doesn't, it's almost like he doesn't want to resort to to that. He'd rather use his, his mind. Yeah. I, yeah. But I prefer him to use violence. Okay. <laughs> well, that's your prerogative. Uh, what did you, <laughs> speaking of violence, um, on the other end of the spectrum, there's a love story going on. Uh, it's a little bit of a uh, contrivance, I guess, to humanize him we see him with uh the francis mcgordon's character early on so this is this is pretty early in her and liam's career um Mm -hmm. they were both relative unknowns especially here in america uh for him so i don't know how did you like that sort of setup and and then him trying to like reconnect with her after the accident um i think that's the only i didn't really care for it (laughs) okay why not? Because there wasn't enough. I mean, from the beginning, they're like together or whatever, but it didn't seem they didn't seem like super connected to me. Like I just didn't feel like the connection coming into it. So I didn't really care if they reconnected or not. I could say connection like at least eight more times, I think. Sure. Sentence, but <laughs> um it well, just they were didn't, both yeah. they were both really focused on their work. I think they mm-hmm. they went out of their way to make her uh he he proposes to her like when she's on the way to work. He like follows Casually. her down the street yeah, yeah and just like uh, springs the question and she's mm-hmm. like i just got this new job i'm really you know really focused on that i don't know so we do kind of see them at this this like crossroads in their relationship but then we find out she's on the way like home to tell him that she does want to marry him and that's when his body comes flying out of the <laughs> out the window yeah <laughs> um so yeah she thinks he's dead of course they have a funeral and then Phantom of the Opera style or Spawn style or probably mm-hmm. any other number of superheroes. Um, he's like watching her from the shadows um, until he can 
it takes like five days or 500 hours or something for him to render his face. Yeah. Before he can print that out and meet her. Um, and then of course he kind of withholds the details from her of what happened. Yeah. Like, I know you saw my like flying carcass and stuff, but like, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's obviously shocked at first, but because it looks exactly like him and every, Mm -hmm. everything seems, uh, legit. She pretty much falls back. They pretty much fall back where they were, except he's hiding the secret. And so the bad guys sort of use her, uh, as a, as a trap and then capture her. Um, and then they all fight on these raptors, raft, rafters, rafters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, rafters. That'd be cooler. Yeah. <laughs> they fight using dinosaurs. Did you, um, appreciate the, the kind of conclusion fight scene or that whole sequence? Yeah. I like the fight scene a lot. Um, I like how he dropped the bad guy to his death from like hundreds of feet. Yeah. After the bad guy was like pleading with him, like, if you drop me, you're just as bad as me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I just, yeah, well, he's he like, like, you would he, never, you can't, you, you can't do yeah, it. You would, you would never, never do this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I can. He just drops him. And that's like him giving into the darkness essentially. So. Yeah. Um, before we explain how that kind of concludes, let's hear a little clip from the score. I'm calling Ooh. this. Let's settle the score. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who did Nightmare Before Christmas score? Probably probably Danny Elfman. I was like, it um, sounds like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, he had just done Batman. Um, he was doing a lot of movies. I think he had done something we watched recently. But okay. the music is very fantastical, very evocative. And he said that he had, like, after Evil Dead came out, he had Sam Raimi on just, you know, if you're at the stature of Elfman, then people have to come to you. So mm-hmm. he had Raimi on his list of, well, if he ever asked me to do anything, I'm I'm going to say yes for sure. So <laughs> it, they didn't have to really talk him into it. He was he was really excited, um, really loved the script. And yeah, I, the movie has a cold open, I think, where they start with that like shootout with the mobsters. Mm-hmm. And then they show like the dark man font on the screen and it's it's like pink and blue and and fire behind it so so cool Mm -hmm. and the score starts i mean i don't think they overused the score but it was it was very effective yeah it was quite Um, the opening i was like oh what am i getting myself into cool and then yeah you know yeah very exciting it kind of it takes a pretty bombastic uh sound design to compete with all the other (laughs) things that are going on in this Mm -hmm. movie so elfman's a good a good man for that um but yeah, then there's then there's a pretty um, interesting kind of conclusion to the movie. So do you want to sum that up, Ashley? Sure. So he fights the bad guys and wins. I mean, kind of fights them, like throws them off a rafter, jumps off of rafters, you know. Yep. Um, but he wins. And then him and his girl are basically talking about she wants to be together. She wants to do things to go back to normal, which obviously they can't. She's like, oh, can you just wear a mask? And like, whatever. <laughs> He's like, no, this is who I am now. And then he says something like, 
something about like I'm everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm now dark man. And then he just like disappears and she chases after him oh. into the light. She chases after him mm-hmm. into the light and she keeps like shaking guys thinking it's like it might be him. And then it's not him. And yeah. then you see Bruce Campbell's face turn. Dun, dun, and, he's, dun. and he's like, it's me. I'm dark man. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think Bruce Campbell, yeah, so big cameo from the star of Evil Dead. There's a big Campbell. <laughs> big Campbell, big chin Campbell popping in at the end. Um, I think he would have, I think Raimi would have strongly considered him for the role, but commercially, apparently he wasn't, he wasn't viable. Uh, even though Neeson wasn't a, you can't mute Ashley or it'll change the uh, Oh, edit. sorry. Um, he'll, he, uh, even though Neeson wasn't, a big name here apparently there he had had enough success in scotland to where they thought they could market the movie on him more than more than campbell um but the consolation was that he got to be the last shot of the movie basically so that and was it cool. set it up for like maybe i was like oh maybe a sequel like that'd be cool i would watch it <laughs> well and there were there were two sequels i didn't i didn't watch them or look too much into it i know liam neeson wasn't in them but they have a nice sort of uh excuse for not using the original actor because of the way the movie ends so you can mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> you can kind of keep the franchise going with anybody um yeah. but i don't think Raimi was back and 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 neeson wasn't back so i don't think those had the same magic that the first one had um and julia yeah. roberts almost played um his girlfriend yeah but so they she had... was doing a little pretty woman so that's <laughs> that's part of the story so yeah that had come out earlier this year but they had also just um broken up her and nisa oh i didn't know they were dating yeah so they had been oh. dating and they auditioned or they did the like audition together or you know maybe he already had it and he was reading a scene with her and they were crying like it was too emotional oh no so her okay her people called immediately and were like it's not she's not going to be able to do it damn i didn't know that that's sad okay so, yeah, but that would have been Francis Francis McDormand was was great. Um mm-hmm. Raimi had she's married to ew, Joel Cohen. I don't want to mess up which of the Cohen brothers she's married to, but I think they were friends with with Raimi and had a uh, got her foot in the door and then obviously she she did the rest. She's married to Joel. Joel, yeah. Is that what yeah. I said? Uh yeah, I think so. I sure. think you're right. I had a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, any other moments from this movie to mention aside from the cool cat that he, he finds in the. Oh deserted... yeah. This... Oh, I forgot the cool cat. That's like, hates him. Yeah. Um, I, was... when they called him like a freak and all those different things and all like the CGI effects were happening behind him and all the crazy graphics. I really like those scenes. Yeah. But... That stuff's so hit or miss. I mean, like it can be fun and a nostalgic, like, Ooh, weren't the nineties so silly mm-hmm. kind of way. <laughs> But it could also work. I mean, like this movie also nails all the technology like um, interfaces and stuff. It's really mm-hmm. fun to see kind of him going through these. Don't don't they? Oh, wait, I might be confusing this with Spawn. They make like a Zoom call in Spawn at one time at oh. one point. And the guy has like a desktop computer and he touches it like as if it's a touch awesome. computer somehow. But it just looks like an old school <laughs> like, monitor. Um, Love it. This movie had some really cool um, computational interfaces and and things like that, where he's just furiously entering 
various numbers and and things and we're supposed to face specifications yeah yeah like the whole technology hinged on the fact that if you put this photo into a scanner it would use the photo because he was taking he was like going around taking photos of the bad guys that's how he got their faces Mm -hmm. um the problem for him was that he only had a part of his photo was burned in the fire so part of his face was going to be missing from the render but then he did some crazy um hacking and was able to transpose like his his right jaw jaw uh, <laughs> line onto the left computer so, wizard over here yeah he's like oh i've got it i'll just use <laughs> that side of my face Duh. on both sides yeah this is before so, i'm very symmetrical it's perfect yeah. yeah he was basically doing some kind of like photoshop hacking um <laughs> Face shopping. Well, that's uh oh, did you want to do a little um reenactment from the movie? No. <laughs> okay, we'll skip that. That means uh we can head straight down a dark alley to this um dimly lit coffee shop where people are hanging out and lightly, lightly right. emoting. All right. My name is Ashley and I'll be doing a poem for you on Dark Man. <clears throat> The superhero movie is not for the faint of heart. The first few minutes have a crime boss cutting off someone's fingers to start. Julie Hastings discovers a secret that a crime mob has been funneling money. So she gives this top secret doc to her honey. Cue to her boo, Dr. Peyton Wilder, who is in his lab trying to create a synthetic skin when a slew of mobsters walk in. They proceed to torment Dr. Wilder for this document and through a shot in the head, his assistant is now heaven sent. Wilder is then beat up and dumped into a pool of acid, house sick. And his body and face now look like a squished and oozing bug, like a tick. He then vows to seek revenge on all these evil men by impersonating some of them by creating their face skins. <laughs> Peyton is no longer who he used to be, now forever disfigured with an angrier personality. Even though his girlfriend says she can love him, he's a terrible sight to see. Peyton is gone, he says as he splits, and off to be dark man because he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one was hard because there's so many different crazy things that happen in the movie. I was like, I don't know how to write about this, but what did you um last point before we move on? That was beautiful, as Thank always, you. by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You're Bravo. Welcome. Um the did you feel the internal struggle when he had to choose kind of between 99 minutes of <laughs> being having the face on and, and trying to maintain a life like that? Do you think was it were you gripped by that that dilemma that they were facing? Um, ever so slightly. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, cool. it makes sense that she wants to still like love him, and he obviously loves her and was going to propose to her. But it's and he's different now. He's changed. Yeah. So he's not the same person he used to be, especially after like seeing that and then undergoing like killing people and whatever the lab did to like save him also changed his personality a bit. So. Yeah, exactly. They, they, he was never going to be able to feel like her in the same way as he did before, I guess, literally mm-hmm. and, and figuratively. Yeah. And, um, I thought there was one really poignant moment where he asks her, like, say I was in, I think this is when he has the face on. He's like, Oh, well just say, you know, for instance, oh, yeah. I was horribly disfigured and would you still be able to love me? And she's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Oh, well, good thing. We don't ever have to worry about that. She says like, yeah, like your face is perfect. Yeah. So that's, uh, I appreciated her honesty in that moment. And he knows that 
you can't unsee <laughs> yeah what he looks like it's it's definitely drawing heavily from phantom of the opera and a lot of other super movies i was thinking probably. like freddy krueger mixed with hulk yeah but like freddy wasn't a good guy before no a good freddy mixed with the hulk gotcha yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's some the scientist aspect as a lot of hulk mm-hmm. good call well that is it um for our initial discussion of dark man and before we give our final verdict we're going to take a quick break and see what's playing on new release radio i'm a goat in your stable i'm with kane what's the able mr catch me if you can i'm going down in a blaze of glory <laughs> take me now the song you just heard was Blaze of Glory by John Bon Jovi from the Young Guns 2 soundtrack. I have to apologize, guys, that I deprived you of an Emilio Estevez movie that came out about a month ago, which has a very popular soundtrack. What? What? Young Guns 2. Oh, I was like, what movie? Yeah. <laughs> so never heard of it. <laughs> yep. We missed that, but we are Shoot. getting, uh, we're getting, um, treated to the soundtrack that has moved up three spots to number two on the billboard top 100 for the week of August 31st, 1990. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment and only segment on new release <laughs> radio rank the blank pew pew. It's a moment of truth. You're giving it all. Standing alone. Willing to fall. Yeah, this is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. As we alluded to before, this week's topic favorite R rated superhero. My criteria, which I'm sharing with y'all for the first time, great, would great, be, great. It doesn't make the most out of its R rating, you know. Does it use the full spectrum of R-rated abilities at its disposal? And we can decide if it factors into any of our choices where we want to draw the line between hero and anti-hero. So, you know, you could, you could if just because someone's the lead in a movie, uh, like Suicide Squad, I don't think that makes them a hero. But if someone wants to make a case for someone that's more of an anti-hero than a hero, um, that's cool. Ashley, care to share some honorable mentions before we get to our choices? Sure. Um, so we have Deadpool, The Crow, Punisher, Blade, ooh, The Toxic Avenger from 84, mm-hmm. and Judge Dredd and some yeah, others. Those are good ones. I um, I was doing a little research, and somebody mentioned RoboCop. I mean, that would have obviously been my choice, but I consider that more of an action hero than a super hero Mm -hmm. um but you know that's an arbitrary distinction so those are those are some that shows a good range of options did we get any feedback on our instagram poll we did but i can't name one of them okay um and these are from more like uh series but jessica jones which i watched a few times she's it's a really good show and homelander from the boys yeah i mean which is like an evil, is, evil superhero. Totally. And he's not, I mean, he's not heroic whatsoever, but the whole premise of the show is that they are like in a position to be 
role models and heroes and subvert yeah everyone's expectations on what people would do if they had that kind of unchecked power and uh, if you were 45 minutes into the first episode you wouldn't realize that he wasn't a superhero if if you, you only watched the first episode like the first oh gotcha gotcha in, gotcha yeah is that how much you've watched no i watched all of it okay <laughs> yeah i mean r-rated superheroes um i thought this topic would be fun because with the release in 2021 of suicide squad recently and and things like the boys this is a very common uh, we've we've just got so many superhero movies that one way to differentiate is in kind of the the violence and gore and and satirizing superheroes in general so and then you factor in like the tv aspect of it like you just mentioned with jessica jones like all the marvel stuff on netflix uh at one point i think like daredevil and and stuff those were in a punisher show those are all r-rated so lots of options to choose from uh as usual for our final round of choices we have dark man our inclusion from the movie we just watched and a strong inclusion i think um it wasn't like why was this movie r-rated ashley um there's a squishy head scene there's just there's like random acts of violence but it doesn't seem that gory like for being rated r it has cursing and stuff in it um and uses f-bombs but I was hoping they go more R with it. It's a soft R. I mean, like by today's <laughs> standards. Um, so uh, there's no, yeah, there's no sex. There's no nudity. There's no like uh, the, the, the ultra violence that we're used to now with Suicide Squad and the mm-hmm. boys. They're not using violence for shock value. They're just using it as like, they don't have to be concerned with, arbitrarily like stopping the violence at random times because it would it would affect the rating um spawn which i've mentioned countless times so far (laughs) clearly wanted to be an r-rated movie but for whatever reason they had to make it pg-13 and you can just tell that it was supposed to be so much darker and sadistic and they just have to like keep uh holding themselves in check which is not fun to watch Mm -hmm. so for you um speaking of not holding themselves in check what is your (laughs) choice so i'm going with uh rain wilson as the crimson bolt in super so his wife's cheating on him with kevin bacon and then he decides to stop being such a pansy and takes um petty acts of crime into his own hands until it gets pretty violent and extreme yes a lot of like wrenches being yeah that's his main weapon <laughs> delivered being smashed into people's dome and yeah. this is the director of suicide squad james gunn so oh, yeah makes sense mix of of violence and humor and rain wilson is awesome in it mm-hmm. i think the, the reason i didn't pick that one um i'll just i'll go into mine and refute yours at the same time perfect um, <laughs> is because He's, he's, he's a bad guy. Um, I mean, he's, he's mentally, the whole movie is kind of like, whereas the boys is like, what would you do if you just had unlimited power and were kind of a sociopath, you'd probably abuse it. And this one, it's like, what if you were mentally delusional and thought you were like on this crusade to do good, but you were really just fucking like 
um, destroying people, taking out your rage on people. He's trying his um, best. He's trying his best, but he is completely misguided and needs mental um, health or mental uh, therapy. Health therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So I almost went, I almost went with Brightburn, but I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And I, I that's that a one, tough one. To... That one's tough too, because the kid is like, he's just, he's just learning and fucking up like a normal kid would, mm -hmm. uh, except that he's got these powers. So he's of course, like very dangerous to society. Yeah. Um, for my choice, I'm going with the titular character from the movie kick-ass named kick-ass. Um, <laughs> so Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, as a, uh, a wee, a wee lad, um, way before, uh, his turn as a, a drug dealer in such movies as Savages. Um, he is like a the R-rated Peter Parker. Um, mm -hmm. This movie is kind of like the early age of YouTube and maybe feels a little antiquated with its portrayal of like social media. But it's kind of just like normal kids taking on uh, trying to become superheroes they are trying to do good um but the movie is also like super stylized and the action is choreographed and really entertaining ways the the language it, it feels uh, because it's like set with high school age kids the r rating just feels it's fun it's like super bad mm -hmm. um but like you know hyper violence and, and, and really like cool slow-mo action scenes and, and things like that. The person, uh, who directed some of the X-Men movies, Matthew Vaughn and directed, um, uh, the Kingsman. So a real like creative action, uh, filmmaker. And, and then it's just got like all these high school, like tropes and he make nerdy kids trying to fit in. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, if I win, which who knows if I will, um, you learn really early on in the movie, like after he tries to go out on crime fighting missions, how real shit can get in a hurry. So <laughs> that's my choice. Derek, what about you? So mine is not rated R. <laughs> oh. It is, if that's yeah, the name is. of your movie. It's not. It's actually PG-13. But it's not. Well, one of them is rated one R. One of for them sure. is definitely R. Oh, there's more. Okay, so it's Logan, the Wolverine. That's movie. that's rated R. Yeah, it's like super R. Oh, keep going. Explain I don't know. What, I don't know what I read, but uh, it said it was officially received. It officially received an R rating. Yep. But mm -hmm. it came out as PG thirteen. No, hmm. it doesn't matter. It's an R movie. Well, it opens with like a super gory, violent scene. Well, I was trying to break the the rank the blank like usual. So, oh, uh, anyway, yeah, nudity, language, uh, strong language, and brutal graphic violence. Love it, love it, love and it. everybody knows who Wolverine is. So, is he a superhero? Technically, oh, he is a superhero for sure. I know. I was um, just starting out. That. Is he a superhero? Uh, Wolverine is like a perfect example of now we've seen it both ways. We've seen him in the X Men movies like he has one of the most brutal violent weapons of any of any character like just you know finger blades basically Knife hands yeah it would be like if they tried to make a pg-13 uh uh nightmare on elm street 
movie mm-hmm. or something like it it wouldn't i guess it works in the context of the other x-men movies but it's awesome when you get to see him like fully unleash the brutality of those uh uh adam adamonium adamantium adamantium claws is that what it is mm, i'm not gonna know that i think it's adamantium um, sure <laughs> so yeah good choice derek ashley where would you like to begin with the ranking I would like to also add the Instagram one I left out was one for super. Ooh, okay. But that doesn't change my ranking. Um, I'm going to go with kick-ass first. Mm. And then I'm actually putting myself third, I think. So kick-ass, then Logan, then Crimson. Nope, I'm putting myself last. Then (laughs) Darkman, then Crimson Bolt. Yeah, I think Darkman gets a little bit of a bump for being ahead of its time yeah um because not enough yeah sure yeah i mean it's like suicide squad doesn't get credit after you know we've already seen the boys for instance like Mm -hmm. it's like we're a little used to it dark man was pretty inventive at the time but yeah kick-ass i don't know i reference kick-ass all the time with all these irreverent superhero movies i feel like that's when it felt fresh to me and it was just like, I want, I, I really need to rewatch it. Um, I've seen it a few times, but not for years now. So it just felt so inventive at the time. Now we've seen versions of it a, a bunch, but, but yeah. Um, so I win. Derek, what do you think? I agree. All right. Well, I guess I'm not going to argue. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, Drew. Yeah. On a spree. You're heating up. All right. Oh, holy shit. It's raining outside, Derek. I mean, we're all in the same place, but yeah, it's we, raining outside. We're in our apartment. Say we weren't. <laughs> His bandages are going to fall off. Uh, it's a, about time for uh, the big reveal. So um, let's play my clip and Derek can start um, snipping. Unraveling. Look away from the car and we can forget about this. <laughs> You're crazy, man. Fuck this shit. Uh. Whoops. She just got stabbed in the gut. Spitting out blood. And then... Cherry on top. And he gets hit by a car. Um, as, he's, as he's like stumbling away. So um, that scene is not like the most graphic scene in the movie or anything. But like I said a minute ago, like he's just going out, confronting some people, doing some very like petty crime. Not that that's okay. And then he's, you know, like thinking he's just going to, I don't know. He doesn't really know what the fuck he's going to do. He's just confronting these two people. He's outnumbered. He's hasn't done any martial arts training or formal training or anything and um it quickly escalates into him getting stabbed in the abdomen so and then hit by a car which was an accident but (laughs) but yeah don't try this at home kids poor guy yeah just trying to be a superhero yeah so that's that's a cool just like moment in the like the movie dramatically shifts tones it's like ooh, we're in a fun Mm -hmm. like it's gonna be a social he's gonna be a social media sensation just going around (laughs) like wearing a suit and then and then it's like, oh shit, yeah, this has real consequences. So uh. good stuff. Um, I think that's it. 
for new release radio this week. But before we go and deliver our final thoughts on Darkman, let's spin a catchy new track popping onto the scene at number 91 on this week's Billboard Top 100. Oh, 91. That yet, but I bet we'll chill. Candyman, tell them the truth. We'll still end up knocking the boots. Ooh, boy, I love you so. Never, ever, ever gonna let you go. Once I get my hands on you. At each and every show, let this group be. Yeah, so that's that's obviously a sample, but the knocking boots part is <laughs> is by Candyman with knocking oh. boots. Now, back to our feature presentation. Ashley? Yeah. What's the early word on Dark Man? Word, word is the bird or whatever that bird is the word. Yeah. Uh, something like that. The critics really like this movie. Yeah, I mean, that's... Which I was like, oh, that's pretty cool because it's such a different, it's just a very different kind of movie. So I was surprised to see that. Um, but some of them said, I'll read you a few of their reviews. Um, Raimi's flair for jazzy visual effects and extravagant action sequences combined with direction that's full of punch and energy makes this the best pop roller coaster ride around. Wow. Very positive. Yeah. And then another one said, a fun diversion that reminds us of how enjoyable loony, how enjoyably loony the movies can be. So it's just kind of a, I don't know. Those are really raving reviews. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think at this point, um, we're like a few years removed from, from evil dead to, um, mm-hmm. did evil dead to come out. Um, so th- seven, six. So there's like a lot of respect, 87. Yeah. So there's a lot of respect for, for Raimi, um, at least like in the, you know, film nerd and critical circles, but certainly no guarantee that that was going to translate to a bigger budget thing and that his like i don't want to call them gimmicks but just that his style mm-hmm. would work at this at this level with this these kind of expectations and all this uh promotion behind it and stuff so very cool that it was if it hadn't been critically well received and kind of like well marketed like we said earlier it mm-hmm. could have easily the studio was very nervous that this was just going to flop well and, and it bombed at when they did like their test screenings so yep. it yeah. makes sense that they thought yeah it was which would led flop. to them like trying to impose all these edits on the movie so they kept recutting it it kept scoring lower and lower yeah. and getting worse <laughs> each time and then finally after they locked the edit um Ramey and some of the producers like locked themselves in the a room for 48 hours and did one more edit and didn't tell anyone and so then they sent that off to like you know because this is a this is film <laughs> so yeah. then like they send that off to the the places to to print the negative they send the negatives off and screenings are in motion like the studio can't do anything so stressful <laughs> but they found out and were super pissed so but it worked out so yeah it worked out mostly. <laughs> um and as far as awards they were nominated for a bunch but they did win the best director award at the Catalonian International Film Festival. Okay. So, well, sounds like you know, a lovely film festival to go to. <laughs> right. Um, and then as far as this movie, which I think I know the answer, but would you call this a new release or an old or old news? Would you recommend uh, it? Not recommend it? Big time new release. Yeah. If yeah. this came out tomorrow, I'd be there. If it came out 21 years ago, <laughs> I'd be there. <laughs> 31. Um so yeah what about you definitely a new release it took me a while after i finished it i was like 
I think I enjoyed this. It was just, it took me a while. I had to think about it. Well, yeah. It wasn't immediately like, I want to watch it again, but it was just different. So definitely a new release. Cool. Highly well, recommend. We, we would ask Derek, but he is getting his bandages off right now. So we'll um, come back to him. With the genius marketing plan, did it score well in the box office the first week? Yeah. So last week we found out, this is week two in theaters. Last week we um, we found out that it, it led the box office and it's second week. It dropped off a little bit, but not bad. Um, it was surpassed by Ghost, still, <laughs> wow. still humming along. Um, Ghost making nearly ten million, Darkman making eight million, Flatliners at number four, um, and what else have we watched? The Exorcist at number eight, and hey, Young Guns too, represent number nine. That's so, okay. Hard yeah. pass. I'll never watch that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we definitely missed the boat on that one, but yeah, it, it's um. It's going to be a, a mild hit. Okay. Take a mild hit. Um, on a scale of one to 90, how 90s is this movie? Considering music, wardrobe, actors, 90s tropes, everything. Yeah. I, I'm. This is tough because I know that in uh, aspects of it are trying to be kind of timeless and, mm-hmm. and reference like old monster movies. Um, so there is that undercurrent, but... All the stuff we talked about earlier with the effects and the the kind of mix between practical and and computer generated effects done well, the actors, um, Frances McDormand would you know, uh, Fargo's right around the corner, so she's mm-hmm. she's hitting her peak in the '90s. Um, Liam Neeson, you know, both of them have been going strong ever since. Bruce but, Campbell with that two second cameo. Yeah, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi. I mean, he would be have a huge resurgence ten years from now. Um, with Spider-Man, but he's he's making movies throughout the 90s. So it's probably not going to crack, you know, our upper tier, but it's 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 a it's it's one of the higher ones we've had in a little bit, I think. Yeah. And I think the CGI and practical effects. So you have to add in a lot of points for that, too. Yeah. So what do you think? I'm I'm not saying so right now we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at 89 out of 90 House Party at 84 and Pretty Woman at 82. I'm not saying it's above those. No, it's not going to crack the top three, but maybe like upper seventies, lower 80, well, upper seventies. I'd probably, or maybe let's see, I'm going to say like 74. That works. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, we have a big announcement. The dark man himself Ah! has emerged from the shadows, the phantom (laughs) of wherever the phantom of of flesh, the phantom (laughs) of the flesh. Oh my God. I am speechless. I don't know. Who are we looking at? Yeah. What we're looking taking at. the bandages off. Uh, and I am old Bill Murray. <laughs> Perfect. Smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting choice. Younger body, old man's face. Interesting. <laughs> Weird yeah, combo. Well, you can get in anywhere. Um, no questions asked. It's true. pretty, pretty smart. And he also like, people know not to hassle him as much as if you went with Brad Pitt or, mm-hmm. or some, something like that, or somebody like a teen heartthrob, that would be creepy, but, um, yeah, good choice. Respectful every, choice. Yeah. How do everyone I loves Bill Murray. You look like Bill Murray. Yeah. So you got to work on your, uh, impersonation and then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the real trick. You have to do, um, you have to practice like dark man. You have to tape like one comment. And just keep repeating it. 
till you nailed the. What does he say to learn like the mobster's voice? You got it, boss. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got it. You, you got, got it, it. boss. Yeah. You're going to cuss with somebody. You're not going to cuss with me, you little cuss. What? Is that uh, Bill Murray? Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. I do not know Bill Murray quotes. It's from um, uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Anyway. Oh, okay. So uh, what do we want to include in the new release gift shop from this movie? So each week we watch a movie, then we take something from that, and we sell it. So right now we have alcoholic holy water from Exorcist 3, um, a flipped up hot pink visor, which are back in trend now, um, and some accessories for your little tarantula pet from Arachnophobia. What do yeah. we want to take from this movie? Well, it seems pretty obvious. Um, we can do a Derek face. <laughs> a Derek face? <laughs> um, just in case he ever gets like, in case we ever miss him. I mean, that seems like a long shot, but if we if we ever want to see that um sweet cherub face again um then we could we could sell or if we want to like see it all over the mall um oh i mean sure i was well i mean okay how about this we make um faces of all of us and we see which one sells the most oh a face off (laughs) (laughs) good one perfect yeah Yeah. i like that derek Uh, you good with that yeah face masks Okay, face mask, face off. We'll and we it. promise to give um, updates for the next couple of weeks on who's who's the hottest face seller. <laughs> who's the hottest face seller? Who's winning the face <laughs> off? Yeah. Um. So, Drew, what's next week? Well, speaking of face offs, how many of those kind of those segues should we be allowed each week? Um, as many as we want. One, I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> oh, so, <okay. laughs> already. Uh, so five. Tripled, tripled the quota. Um, <laughs> Next week, we have to do a little um, showdown before we decide. So we've got a movie that I've been dying to see for forever. Uh, there's a few limitations, like we're, we're going to have to watch a pirated uh, YouTube version of it mm. if we want to watch this early Christian Slater role. Or we can watch the cult classic that I know you uh, have some affinity for that they remade last year. So let's do the Christian Slater trailer first. Guess who? You sit next to him all year. You out there? You listening? And never notice him. You can almost taste it, the rankness in the air. He's the guy who lights up the night. He's got a pirate radio station. They say that I am deluged. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Well, guess what I say? Christian Slater. Get crazy! Pump up the volume. Rated R. Preview Sunday, August 19th. Opens August 22nd. Okay, so we got Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. Um, a movie that's hard to get your hands on, but appropriate, appropriately so. It is easy, easy to pirate. Um, and then we have a one of Ashley's favorite movies as a kid, perhaps. Yep. The witches, they turn Luke into a mouse. Where am I? But he still must save the world. Now, from the imagination of Jim Henson and director Nicholas Rogue comes The Witches. Rated PG. Starts Friday, August 24th. That seems fun. Yeah, so do we want... It's also scary for a PG movie. Just for a kid's movie, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Just as a... <sighs> this is tough. Only because I love this movie. I love The Witches, and obviously I haven't seen Pup of the Volume. I also really like Christian Slater. So. Yeah. But do I want to watch a pirated version? 
I checked the quality. It's, I mean, I checked like to make sure it was the full movie. Um, is it like this Wild is at all Heart? Alleged that it's pirated. It's on YouTube. Like we're not <laughs> oh, doing yeah, anything yeah. <laughs> illegal. <laughs> it's available. It's not our. It's not our video. Well, I put it up. So <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. At least Thanks, the, Eric. I don't think Bill Murray is allowed to be sued. So you're good. Yeah, that's true. It's in his contract. <laughs> um. This is going to be, I mean, like, why don't we just do it this way? I'm going to vote for pump up the volume. You're going to, unless you want to vote for that, it's going to come down to Derek I or actually, a coin flip. A face flip. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll go with pump up the volume. I've seen the witches. I really okay. like it, but I've never seen pump up the volume. So cool. Um, I'm super excited about that. I've been, I've heard of this movie for a while, but haven't been able to watch it. So it better be like breaking. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> if you want to find out what that's all about and everything else to come this year, you should subscribe to the podcast by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. Ashley, take it away. Buy my face. <laughs> oh, shameless plug. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs>